Hi everyone, I'm Caroline. This podcast is just me, an Irish girl, and her mates chatting the good, the bad, and the ugly. From county down to down under, I chat the highs, the lows, and the complete craziness of life as an expat in Sydney. Be prepared for the bumpy ride filled with lots of crack and hilarious stories along the way. Hi everyone and welcome to episode two. I just wanted to start out by saying a massive thank you to everyone that listened last week. Um, We got a thousand downloads within three days so um, I'm extremely overwhelmed and just watching that number grow is just a really um, lovely feeling and this is what it's all about. I want to share my top tips on moving abroad um, give you a bit of an insight on the good, the bad and the ugly and there are a lot of struggles along the way but there is a reason why I chose to stay here so I'm hoping that my story can help others and there will be so many guests along the way um, to help share their story. Tune in whenever you get a chance, stick your earphones in, go for a walk around the park. If you're having a stressful day hopefully these podcasts cheer you up um, and this is just really a lesson on how Instagram and reality are totally different things. I thought I would start out this episode with just my story, um, which I'm very nervous about doing. I had the lovely Shannon on in the last episode, um, so I had a bit of company, but I think it's important to start from the beginning. And my story starts at the end of my final year of university. Uh, I was at university with my best friend studying a Bachelor of Education in um in Belfast and the economy at the time wasn't great not that it's much better right now um but we had to make a very difficult decision uh, I'd seen so many teachers throughout my life and friends of mine struggle to ever find full-time work in Ireland and I knew that's the career I wanted to go into so my best friend Claire and I decided that we would take up a job in England um, and of course, as soon as I accepted the job, um, I fell in love. <laughs> Typical um, to meet the love of your life just before um, you go off to move country. Um, so uh, I knew that I had to do this for my career, that I'd worked so hard in these four years and that I needed to get at least a year's experience. Um, as much as I was in love, I had to put my brain before my heart and make that decision to move um, to England. And when I made that decision, the person that I was in love with um, decided that he was going to Australia. And this is where the story (laughs) unfolds. So off to England, I went um, with my best friend by my side and we started off what became one of my toughest years in my career. Um, No, actually, (laughs) it was the toughest it was horrible. It was really, really hard. Um, we were teaching in one of the most impoverished areas in England, um, which was really hard uh, because I feel like I've lived a very sheltered life. Of course, we have our struggles along the way, but I never realised to the extent of what some children go through um, in an upbringing. Uh, I was only 22 at the time 
and I was teaching 17, 18 year olds who were towering over me in height and I was trying to teach them English and talk about Shakespeare and these kids are going through a really tough time um, in their family lives and many didn't even come to school with a pen or a book. Um, it was a really difficult year and um, I think the biggest struggle for me was uh, leaving the classroom every day at the end of the school day and not being able to take a lot of those kids home with me. I just wanted to adopt them all um, because my heart broke for them. But obviously what came with their backgrounds was a lot of um, social and behavioural problems in the classroom. So um, sometimes I was a target um, for all that they were going through. Um, they're not used to people showing them love and... Uh, when I showed them love, they didn't know how to react to that. So, uh, yeah, it was tough. Um, and it was long hours, really long hours. And then you were coming home every evening with a pile of marking to do. And then it was just a constant cycle. Um, I was just on above minimum wage. Um, and what I used to do in the evening was it's where I found my love for fitness. Um, I found a local CrossFit gym. And I'd never done CrossFit before. Um, and if you ever are going through a stressful time in your life, the best medicine for me was to um, just go and smash out some weights at the gym. So I would spend my evenings going there just to offload on the weight that I was carrying on my shoulder of the troubles of the classroom and the troubles that those children faced on a day to day basis. Um, it, it was really tough and um, I remember just questioning it three or four months in going, is this really it? Is this all there is to life? Um, you know, I'd worked so hard for my career and I thought, bloody hell, I'm barely making enough money to pay my rent. Um, I have to justify my gym membership. Um, I have a massive student loan that I don't know how I'll ever pay off. I'm making very little money. Um uh, this can't be it. There, there must be more to life. So I remember having the conversation with my best friend, Claire. She was struggling as well. And she had um, two brothers in Australia. And I just said to her, do you know, will we just go to Australia? Um, we travelled a lot before during university, so it wasn't new to us to go and do this. Um, and let's be realistic here. I <laughs> was mad about someone who'd moved to Australia and we were in contact still every day so my heart belonged to Australia and maybe the day before we were going to book our flights my best friend turned around to me and she was like Caroline I've got a change of heart Um, I'm not ready to go to Australia I want to do another year at least in England and I just thought oh shit what am I supposed to do now um, because even though my heart was in Australia and the person I was in love with was over there, I couldn't go by myself. Um, I'd never been away by myself before. I'd always just gone on girls' holidays. Um, so I just didn't know what to do. I felt like my dreams had fallen apart. Um, and that's one thing I will say to everybody. If you have a dream um, and it doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. And I was terrified about the aspect of going to Australia by myself. It terrified me, but that made me know that it was the right thing to do. So I did. I booked a flight and then I went um, to the airport um, about three, three or four weeks later. 
and you just never forget that first goodbye um my dad actually took a photo of me hugging my mum um, and even the week leading up to to me going to Australia you couldn't mention Australia to my mum she would have burst into tears it was like awake every day, every night in the house there was tears um, and that moment of holding her um, before I got on that flight I'll never forget and of course dad had the camera out <laughs> so uh, that is my photo on the Instagram page for this episode um, and I look back on that photo and it's just such a different person um, getting on that flight to the person I am now. Um, I was terrified. I had only just seen Australia in pictures. I'd seen a couple of episodes of Neighbours. <laughs> I knew there was a couple of kangaroos going about and some nice beaches and that was it. All I know that um, the person that I was in love with was in Australia and I just wanted to be with him. Uh, but there's a bit of a, a plot twist. <laughs> I um, was afraid to go straight out to him in Sydney. Um, I didn't want to put all my eggs in one basket. I've definitely been watching too much Love Island because that's all they ever say. <laughs> didn't want to put all my eggs in one basket. Um, so I went to Perth to the girls. Um, I only really knew Susie um, from travelling in America. Susie from Kilkenny. And... Um, I remember being about 14 or 15 hours into the flight going to Australia by myself and that's when the panic set in. I thought to myself, what am I doing? Why am I going to Australia? What was I thinking? What am I doing? Um, I was still texting the man so I was letting him know where I am. So I didn't move the whole way across the world for a man. I nearly did. I was four hours away so that doesn't count. <laughs> I didn't technically fly across the world for a man so I'm not letting people say that. It was four hours away um, and I um, I landed in Perth and I had the most amazing time in Perth. Um, I can't describe the Irish community over there. They are so close knitted. Um, everyone is so welcoming. Within a few hours of being there, I had met 30 to 40 Irish people. There seems to be this real um, culture in Perth of going to people's houses for barbecues. Um, and I thought, bloody hell, this is great. I've only ever had about five barbecues in my life in Ireland. And an Irish barbecue usually consists of dad going out and putting the barbecue on the rain happening and then we end up eating the barbecue in the kitchen <laughs> so I was like this is class going to barbecues I absolutely loved it um the houses over there are on another level um I had a beautiful big room walk-in wardrobe his and hair en suite um absolutely class and the beaches were some of the most beautiful beaches I've ever seen in the world it was absolutely gorgeous and I fell in love with Australia within a couple of hours of being there. But as the weeks went on, I did feel like I couldn't really get that city vibe from Perth. It's an amazing place, in my opinion, to settle down. Um, it's a good place to start out and make connections. But I was craving that city life, that city buzz um, that I had imagined and dreamed of. And I just couldn't get it from Perth. As beautiful as it was... Um, it wasn't where I wanted to be. Um, I was absolutely mad about the man in Sydney. So um, we used to um, go and visit each other. Um, he came to Perth and I went to Sydney um, for a weekend and it was just what I had pictured Australia to be like. I knew that that's where I wanted to be. So after a few months in Perth, 
um, I realised that my heart belonged to Sydney. I knew I had made the right decision when I landed in Sydney and I saw the busy cafes, the busy streets, um, a gym on every corner, um, people just out and about, people in beachwear, walking around. I felt that city vibe from the moment I landed. Um, I fell in love with Sydney and I fell even more in love with him. Um, so I was so happy to be here and um, it is, you know, it's it's such an amazing place to live. But you have to know that if you are going to move across to Australia, um, everything doesn't just fall into place straight away. Um, within the first few weeks, I really struggled to find any work. And, um, you know, you, you just don't expect to get your dream job straight away. Um, I started off um, in an office job and I didn't even know if I wanted to be a teacher anymore. But after doing an office job for a few months that I absolutely hated, I realized that my passion was in teaching, but it didn't just come handed to me. So you really have to graft to look for that. And the panic does set in about three or four weeks after you arrive in um, Australia and the funds are starting to run out. You've had a bit of a holiday for the first few weeks. And Australia is extremely expensive. If you've ever been to the supermarket um, to buy a red pepper, um, you'll know that Australia is not for the faint-hearted. It is bloody expensive. So the money was starting to run out and I was starting to stress. And thankfully, um, after a few weeks, I got a job. But you really have to, you have to graft and you have to be handing out your CVs and really applying and doing all the groundwork. Um, another struggle is the language barrier. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing now, but at the time I was pure raging. Um, on one of my first days in my job in the first school I worked in, uh, a woman started talking to me and she said to me after, and I don't even think I'd said much, but she stopped me and said, I can't understand what you're saying. You're not pronouncing your vowels. And I thought, oh my God. Can you find how many vowels are in your cheeky cow? <laughs> I was like, hi, rude. So I've had to learn um, how to slow down my accent. Um, I've been teaching in a school now for nearly five years. Um, and I teach religion over here. And I'm trying to teach the kids about Jesus helping the poor, the poor people. And God, if I don't use that word 20 times a day, and every time I do the kids giggle, they're like, miss, what does a cat do? Purr. What's the name of the fruit? Purr. <laughs> Who did Jesus help? The purr. Okay, it's three different words, but apparently it's the same word over here. <laughs> you struggle with friendships. I find after coming from Perth, it is a totally different environment. Sydney is one of the busiest places, but it can be really lonely. Um, there's it's It's a lot harder to make connections over here. I relied heavily on my partner um, who had a big group of friends over here because he had come out the year before me. So I really relied on him and I spent most of my nights out with him and the boys in the bar um, drinking Schooners and watching UFC, which I'm not going to lie, I was happy enough with. But um, after a while, you'd, you do want a group of girlfriends. Um, another thing that happened to me was one day I was driving to school in an absolute tin of a car um, and this is the thing that you realize when you're out in Australia or anywhere in the world how much you rely on your family 
So I decided I was a bit early for school and I thought I'm going to just pull over on the corner here and get a quick coffee on the way to school. And I came back from the coffee and got into the car and the car wouldn't start. Um, And sheer panic kicked in because I was in a one hour parking space and (laughs) my boyfriend was at the other side of the city at work. I remember calling him panicking and I was like, I don't know what to do. School's about to start. I'm in a one hour parking zone. Um, and he was like, do you want me to come? I'm, I can leave work, but sure then he would lose a day's work. And it's those moments that you're like, Jesus, it's, you really miss your family or just being in your local town. Because even if your family's at work, you know, your uncle or, um, your, your dad's neighbor or whoever around the town, um, will be able to come and help you. So I had nobody to help me. And I just thought, shit, what am I going to do? So I wrote a wee note, wee innocent Caroline wrote a note on the wind, <laughs> the window um, on a piece of paper. And I just said, please, Mr. Ticketman, um, I'm having a really awful day. My car um, has stopped working. I promise I'll get it um, moved at the end of the day. I need to get to work. Um, I'm so sorry. In the hope, you know, that when I came back at the end of that school day, that the ticket man would really take into consideration my feelings. Of course he didn't. There was a $95 fine on the window. <laughs> so there are really tough days. Um, one day my uh, partner and I decided that we would take a sick day. Um, we thought, you know what, we're going down to Bondi Beach for the day. Let's go. Um, let's call in sick. And this is in my first year. So I was really only starting to make a little bit of money. And of course, um, on the way back up from the beach after a brilliant day, lots of food and lots of sun, lots of chill night time, I got pulled over by the police. I've never been pulled over by the police in all my life and they handed me a two grand fine. Now I didn't even have $2,000 in my account at this time Um, but why did I get the fine? (laughs) Well I'd only just moved over from Perth and the car registration uh, process is very different over here. So I thought I had everything completed and all the the boxes ticked. No, um, it's a totally different um, system over here. You need a green slip, a pink slip and your rego. And because I didn't have one of those three, the uh, policeman gave me a two grand fine and I cried for about four days and paid off that fine for about four years. <laughs> I think I've just finished paying it off. Um, everyone goes through the ups and downs in Australia and also there's like the relationship issues in in coming to Sydney with a partner. Um, you know, it's really hard. Um, you rely on that person a lot. Um, there's a lot of opportunities out here. Um, you're living together. If you have an argument and um, <laughs> you fall out, it's either one of you in the bedroom and one of you in the living room. And if the argument happens, you really have to hope that you get the living room so you can at least watch TV Um, It's not like when you have an argument with your partner at home and you can just jump in the car, go down to your mum and sit for a couple of hours and have a cup of tea and just cool off. Um, It does put a lot of strain on relationships out here. And I find that, you know, people always said to me, oh, relationships don't last in in Australia. And I thought, not at all. We're fine. We'll be grand. Um, And that took me on a completely different journey in Australia when when that all fell apart last year. And it's something that I will talk about in a future podcast about how my life has changed over here. So the purpose for telling you all of this is no matter what it is you go through, have faith. Um, It'll all work out in Australia if that's what you want. If you're interested in moving abroad, whether it's to Australia or somewhere else, 
it isn't plain sailing. So you need to have thick skin um, and uh, there are a lot of ups and downs. But I want to get to the why, the why I am here. If you want to make something of yourself, it can be the land of opportunities. Um, if you just want to travel around, then that's totally fine. You know, it's an amazing place to travel around. But I know so many people who came out here with a different career path. Um, for example, people who have got degrees in something completely different and they are now skilled carpenters. Um, friends of mine who started off as receptionists out here and they're now running HR companies. Um, and recruitment companies and all the rest so it really is such an amazing place for opportunities if you're willing to put in the groundwork. The reason I am still here is because I have an absolute dream job. I work in an all-girls private school. My view um, outside the classroom looks out on the Sydney Opera House. Um, I love the attitude of people over here. Uh, they work to live and I felt like when I was living in England I lived to work um, everyone over here seems to seize each day and each weekend. There is no missed opportunities for doing something. Um, you know, I live in um, Bondi Junction, which is just off Bondi Beach and close to the city. And I just love it over here. Um, you're close to everything. Um, I just love the mentality. There's such a great mentality to life. Uh, there's fitness, mental health, overall well-being of yourself in the healthy cafes. I love the fitness mentality over here. You know, when you get up in the morning, you, you have to start your day quite early over here and you get up and most people are already awake and at it and most of them have their workout already done. Um, I love their attitude towards mental health. Um, people are very open about mental health and um, there's so many different places to reach out to um, within your workplace and just on the streets in terms of um, well-being centers like Reiki and yoga meditation I love all of that like that's something I'm very passionate about I find that the weather makes such a difference to your mood Um, it's always a beautiful day over here and even if it rains you welcome the rainy days because um, you don't get a lot of them so when you get them you actually appreciate them whereas I felt like when I was living at home the rain would have really like it would have started my my mood for the day and um I find that um just getting up in the morning and seeing that sun makes you just leap out of bed um I love that no one cares what car you drive over here <laughs> I remember at home always caring about the car that I drove whereas here I I don't anymore but I was driving an absolute tin of a of a car as you know it didn't bloody start most of the time um I don't even have a car anymore because I don't need it the public transport system is absolutely amazing no one cares what type of clothes you wear what brand of clothes you wear it's a very laid back um lovely approach to life if you meet someone and you don't like them you just move on I feel like it's not like home where you've grown up with those people all your life and sometimes you feel obliged to stay friends with people who may or may not be weighing you down my advice to you if you have no one to go to Australia with go anyway just do it don't come here and do what you did at home um I find that when I first came out I was definitely just hanging around with Irish people and going to the Irish bars and don't get me wrong I absolutely love a wee session in the teas but embrace the culture over here there is so much more to Australia than just hanging out with the same people and um, be friends with people of all walks of life 
um, learn about the history um, of the First Nations people. There's so much Irish blood within the history of Australia and something I am so passionate about. If I hadn't have said yes to things, I wouldn't be where I am today. And despite all the ups and downs, um, there is a reason why I've chose to stay in Australia. And I will go through all of those things throughout the podcasts and also just talk about other people's perspectives and their story in Australia. So whether you're planning on coming to Australia, you're here right now or you're at a crossroad in your life, just take the leap of faith. I look back at that photo of me at the airport and I wish I could tell that girl hugging her mummy that you are in for one hell of a ride, but you will never look back. <laughs>